Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Supercoach365, we're back ahead of round five and around round four, which we'll remember for that number four, Ryan Pappenhausen lit up the NRL. He tore up the Brisbane Broncos in round four with four tries of his own. Tommy, a big week for Paps and if you owned him and you captained him, I dare say you would have skyrocketed this week. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Good day. Uh, it was great. Great viewing on Friday night. It was only 11 minutes, I think it was, four tries. And the weekend went from just average to absolutely golden for those who captain him, including ourselves, I believe, both of us. So, yeah, really good stuff there on Friday night. Yeah, it was, I mean, I sat there watching that first half and I was almost um, feeling sick in the stomach. I thought I'd captain Cody Walker in that earlier game. And if Cody, you know, obviously scored two tries and, uh, you know, posted a decent enough score but sitting there watching Pappenhausen tear it up I was a little bit um, bewildered and then finally uh, I think I asked you I said who did I captain and you told me Pappenhausen and suddenly the week was a whole lot better it was a week of big scores though it kicked off on Thursday night with Nathan Cleary turning up he scored 100 uh, well more than 100 in, in that game against Manly and then Damian Cook backed that up as well so these big names they're delivering big scores yeah, absolutely and I think we we prefaced it in last week's uh, podcast there was just great opportunity for these players to go big last week with their teams coming up against the lower opposition of the comp and like yeah they didn't disappoint and a lot of them are do have games again which look to be enticing fixtures this weekend Yep, um, one of those will be, well, that Thursday night game again when Souths um, take on the Broncos. You'd be tipping Damian Cook to go big. Of course, Cody Walker will miss that one through suspension, but um, you wouldn't write off Damian Cook going back-to-back with um, 100-plus scores. Uh, Easter Sunday, James Tedesco, 74, and Angus Crichton, 81. Two uh, players that are very popular in Supercoach teams. 
both of them could have had 100 if uh, they combined uh, for that try, which was eventually ruled an obstruction play. But just shows you that uh, these players that uh, are highly priced, uh, they, they do deliver, though, so they are worth it. And I know Teddy was one of those players at the start of the year that we thought, oh, no, was he worth the money? But uh, he is scoring well. A massive break even this week, though, that he'll have to overcome. Yeah, they really are proving their worth, absolutely. And just on that Roosters game, another high scorer uh, we should mention was uh, Sam Walker, finally debuting, obviously highly uh, high percentage of ownership in Supercoach. I think a lot of people would have played him as a non-playing reserve and they would have seen 81 and been disappointed. I know that was the case for me anyway, but uh, it's good signs for the future nonetheless <laughs> yeah you sat there Sunday night and you were you know wishing the kid to go well because you obviously want him to make a bit of coin for you and it looks like he's um, going to do enough to own that number seven jersey now for a long time so good things happening for Sam Walker and good things happening for the Roosters after that win against the Warriors Tommy speaking of high scoring players geez wasn't there some high scores floating around this week uh, from super coach teams um, head us off mate how did you go last week and uh, tell us your rank. Uh, I'm guessing it's gone up on the back of Pappenhausen's heroics. Yeah, absolutely. It was a big week. Um, 1479, which is probably the biggest I've ever scored in my life playing Supercoach, I'd imagine. Um, top 2%. There was a few in my leagues that got over the 1500, but uh, obviously captaining Pappenhausen and seeing 390-odd on the screen is pretty amazing. So, yeah, good week for me. Still only top 16 after a pretty slow start, but on the way up at least. Yeah, no, good to hear. And uh, I was just eight points behind you at 1471. So, uh, as we say there, Ryan Pappenhausen fueling our surge up the rankings here. I'm top 4% overall at 4,942. So, climbing week on week. Before we jump ahead to round five, though, let's throw it back to our round four bold predictions. They went a little something like this. Let's get into our bold predictions. We've been through the games. Uh, what do you think will happen or what are you hoping to happen here in round four, Tommy? Yeah, I'm just going to go with one again. I'll try to be a little bit more bold. I'm going to go Ryan Pappenhausen. Just think this is an absolute dream fixture for him at home. We think it's in Melbourne. I hope it's in Melbourne up against the Broncos with the disrupted prep coming off a pretty weak win. I think the Storm should do it easily and I'll put Pappenhausen down for at least 110 Supercoach points. Wow, 110. All right, I'm not going to go that high, but I'm going to play triple figures as well. And a couple of them here, uh, Nathan Cleary back against the Sea Eagles. I think he can amass three figures. Uh, So too Cody Walker against the Bulldogs. I think Cody's in for a big month. Uh, That'll be back-to-back or just about back-to-back hundreds for Cody. Uh, I'll agree with you on Paps. I'm not going to say it myself because I don't want to steal your thunder, but I think Paps can go quite big as well. Let's throw in, I mean, I stuck with him last week and we heard it already, Mitchell Moses. Um, I backed him to get 100 last week and I don't think it would have been the case given how well the Sharks played. I'm not going to back him to get 100 this week, but I'll I'll say 85 plus uh, because of his HIA last week, but I'm going to back in Moses again. Tommy, you uh, went one for one this week. I was a little bit more elaborate and only came up with one of three. But um, Pappenhausen, 110, it seemed a big prediction at the time. But looking back, he did it with ease. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd forgotten about the prediction until a couple of days later and I realised that I'd pass with flying, flying colours. Uh, you could almost probably go him again this week to go big. Oh, I won't 
let you in on what I'm going to do yet. But, yeah, he looks a pretty safe bet yet again against uh, the Bulldogs this Yeah, week. stay tuned for that. We'll throw out our bold predictions for round five towards the end of this podcast. Some names there that I mentioned that I thought would go big. Obviously, uh, Nathan Cleary did. Uh, Cody Walker... I mean, it's hard to say he was disappointing when he scored two tries. The way he scored those tries, though, they didn't lend themselves to big super coach scores. Mitchell Moses. I think I'm banned from tipping Mitchell Moses to go big. Uh, he had his chances, Mitch. I mean, he was off with a boot and a couple of tries, which didn't uh, try assist, which didn't go his way, and he looked likely to score a try as well. So, uh, putting myself on a self-imposed Mitchell Moses bold prediction ban for now, but. Um, I mean, talking of those two teams, the Eels, the Panthers, they're the two unbeaten teams. The Panthers just look like they're going to roll on. And you mentioned there, Tommy, at the top, picking players for their fixtures. Uh, are the Panthers just a fixture-proof team where you can get in players or you know build your trades around this, these teams that you know that are going to perform well? Yeah, well, they are pretty safe bet, really. Um, it's honestly hard to see when they're going to lose. Maybe this week against Canberra is a bit of a hurdle, but after that... There really isn't many options where you think they would drop the game. Um, so, yeah, from a super coach point of view, they're as safe as a house, the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, you mentioned they have the Raiders this week in round five. Looking a little bit beyond that, and this might dictate uh, some trades as well. In round six, they play the Broncos. So that's a favorable fixture there for the Panthers. Uh, back at home, I think the next week after that against the Knights, uh, in round eight, looking a little bit further ahead here, uh, they have the Sea Eagles. So that looks like uh, a pretty handy run for Nathan Cleary and co out there at Penrith. Uh, let's move on, though. Um, we'll talk a little bit more so now about the teams that haven't been performing as well. The Cowboys, the Sea Eagles, and the Bulldogs, three teams that remain winless. Uh, looking ahead to this week and beyond, Tommy, who do you think is more likely to get their season going with a win uh, ahead of the others to try and avoid this wooden spoon? Yeah, it's, it's really hard to say. I think Manly probably have the most upside, I would, you'd have to say. With, with the return of Tommy Turbo, probably only a few weeks away, we hope anyway, and they have a world-class halfback. Even though he's not firing, you know he has the potential. And once Tommy comes back, he will really lift Daily Cherry, Daily Cherry Evans. And you've still got good forwards in the like of uh, Martin Tapao and Jake Jabrovich. So you've got a lot of quality there for Manly. So I would be picking them ahead of the other two to probably bounce back quicker. It's funny, I asked that without uh, looking at the draw, but I've just had a look now. Uh, these teams, uh, the Cowboys this week, they have the Tigers who have probably exceeded my expectations a little bit. The Seagulls had the Warriors this week, and if current form's anything to go by, you'd think the Warriors had come out on top there. The Bulldogs have the Storm. Uh, That's a win for the Storm before they even turn up. But looking ahead into round six, the Cowboys actually take on the Bulldogs. So at least one of them will be guaranteed a win in round six, although seeing the way that they've played this season, they'll probably walk away with a draw. Yeah, I think the loser of that match would almost get a coach get sacked or something. That would, that would be a very desperate game. I did give the Cowboys a sneaky hope this week. We'll get into that game a little bit later. But yeah, hopefully for these uh, the fans of these long-suffering teams, they can get some joy soon. Yeah, we'll discuss all those games in full very, very soon. Before we do, though, uh, big thank you to everyone who's uh, jumped on our Instagram this afternoon or tonight to uh, drop us a line and uh, let's uh, talk talking points now. We do this every week. Uh, a couple of which has come through. Uh, Tommy, very quickly, we'll get through these. Uh, one from Nico Arena, a very um, active um, follower of ours. Is Asako a hold or a sell? Uh, I'll do some little bit of um, research here on his break-evens and such, but Jermaine Asaka, have you been impressed with his form to start the year? Yeah, he's played quite well, uh, I must admit. I think I've said to you in our other conversations that I, I quite rate him as a player. 
it's just unfortunately in that Broncos team, which doesn't have a lot of success, I guess. Uh, tough game this week against South. I, I don't really, not that familiar with him from a super coach point of view, but I wouldn't imagine he's like someone you really have to hold unless you really, really like him. Yeah, I mean, it was it was at the start of the year, you probably led lent towards uh, either one of Osako or Tessie New. Uh, I went towards Tessie New purely because I think he started at a cheaper price. But looking here at Jermaine Osako, he's already made $135,000 and this week has a break-even of 28. So although the Broncos might not be performing well and not getting wins, Osako, with that, I guess, low break-even to start the season and playing in that uh, high-scoring position of fullback and kicking goals, um, he could be a hold for now, a break-even of 28 this week, as we say. Uh, he should do that on his ear, playing fullback, you know, making meters and maybe some tackle busts to go with it. If he kicks a goal, that's a bonus um, as well against Souths. But Asako, a hold or a sell? At this point, I'd probably be holding with, uh, with those figures in mind. Another one here from Nico. He says, is Satili a hold or a sell? His break-even is 103. Uh, we saw this firsthand, Tommy, just uh, the impact that these injuries can have. Uh, I think he you know, re- scored really, really low this week. He might have got two or four points. Uh, Satili to Panua, such a high-scoring position, this 2RF. I'd probably be selling at that BE of 103. Yeah, very high break-even there. And... Look, obviously, I don't know for sure, but I'd be surprised if he even played. It was a pretty brutal knockout on Sunday night. They're playing Saturday, so no, not it wouldn't be 100% to play. So, yeah, I'd probably be selling if you can. Yeah, he was named to play, but I think, uh, I mean, when I was going through the teams uh, on Tuesday afternoon, I was a little bit surprised as well. Some others here. Um, Jay McMurray 8, he says, Backline trades, I have all the cash cows but need... Uh, to get some good ones in. I'm finding myself in this same position as well. Uh, I moved to Capewell last week, and to be honest, I probably went a little bit too early on Capewell. Probably should have went to straight to Brian To'o or uh, Zach Lomax or Morris if I could have snuck it in. But yeah, stuck there with New, Laurie, and Remus Smith aside Charlie Staines. Tommy, how, do you, how does your center wing stack up compared to that? And who are you looking to get in this week, if anyone? I'm feeling pretty good in this position, really. Um... I've got Lomax and Toho, and Toho the other day was just unbelievable. He's, he's really, uh, I suppose, announcing himself as possibly the best CTW option in the game at the moment. Uh, Lomax, he's a bit hit and miss, but on his day, he's as good as anyone. And I've also got Dane Gagai and Dane Laurie, who are both doing solid jobs. So, look, I'd recommend any of those four, uh, personally. I mean, I'm just looking here at the most traded in this week. Uh, Brian To'o, is, uh, he's the head of that list. Uh, Blake Ferguson, another, and yeah, I mean, that's probably where you'd want to be playing this week. Um, Fergo's got a low break even, he scored well, but yeah, I think if you haven't already got those two in, you might have missed the boat, because, um, you know, you don't want to be chasing last week's points, and that's probably the one, you know, one of the key rules in Supercoach Classic especially, is don't go chasing last week's points or last week's dollars, because um, you're always a week behind the curve, you want to be a week in front of the curve. Harry Lloyd 47 says, captaincy choices this round, we might get into this a little bit later Tommy, let's keep that up our sleeves for Harry. Uh, otherwise, uh, Killer in 1985 says, TPJ keep or sell, um, he's starting at lock this week, um, Tavita Pangai Jr., if I'm, if I'm uh, reading that right, he's a dual position eligible, break even of 114 this week. It seems maybe a stretch too far. Um, projected to lose $34,000. If you had TPJ in your side, Tommy, would you be holding or, or selling it? 
It's touch and go. Probably the thing that would lead me towards selling is the fact that the next three games against South, Panthers and the Eels, it's a pretty ominous run. His scoring has been really good, though, in the first three rounds. He was on the bench the other day and he scored dipped. But, um, yeah, it's a really tough run for TPJ. Yeah, it's he's one of those um, players, though, that, you know, I think it was that game against... Was it the Bulldogs or you know, even before that against uh, the Eels where he wasn't doing too much and then suddenly he can just score a try from nothing or set up a try with a, you know a, an offload that just finds the right man at the right time. So uh, Pangai Jr. at that price, losing you know $34,000. It's probably, you know what, if, if I've got him in, I'm not burning a trade to get him out unless it is for someone like a David Fafita, who you probably have to hang on to. Um, to to make worth of that trade. S6 Montages just says Tedesco. T- Teddy this week, a, a break-even of 153. He's good as James Tedesco is. I don't think he'll be scoring that this week. Um, projected to lose $37,000, but he is projected to score 100. So whether you're playing for cash or for points, uh, I won't be getting rid of Teddy this week, but Tommy, I can make a case for why people would. I think this is one of those players that just he goes beyond the whole break even price loss concept you just keep him if you have him yeah and I think we saw this at the end of round one with um, Damian Cook people were quick to sell and then he came out and scored 100 even uh, at the end of round three uh, the same thing he comes out in round four and scores 100 so um, you know James Tedesco I don't think he had the best game the other night and he still scored 74 and he's such an integral part in that Roosters team. I think even more so now that Kiri's gone, uh, they're going to lean on him as you know almost that first or second receiver. And uh, the last one here, which uh, we'll get to before we move on, we must move on. Cooper Young, he says, is it worth keeping Charlie Staines? Um, Tommy, I'll let you take the lead here. Charlie Staines, I mean, he's probably been a little bit disappointing. And and I know he can't go out and score a hat-trick every, every week as he did last year, but... Um, I don't think he's lived up to what we thought he would have in terms of a try-scoring output. No, he definitely hasn't. And just he doesn't have any base stats to fall on. I think it's just Brian Toto's taking all the early runs in the in the sets. He's got massive base numbers, Brian. And then Charlie's kind of just left with the scraps. And he really needs to score to go big. Um, tough game against Canberra this week, who are a decent defensive outfit. So, yeah, I don't know. If you do have the trade uh, spare, maybe do get rid of Charlie. Yeah, I'm going to hold him. I just think for now... He's shown enough, albeit you know not a lot, but he's shown enough to, to give me some hope that Penrith will find a way to get him more involved. And I think even that you know, last try to Momorowski against Manly last week where he kind of chimed into that back line as a fullback. I'm not saying he's going to do that when Edwards is back, but uh, in the meantime, if he is playing some um, game time at fullback or in that roving type role, then he's got the skill to be able to lay on some tries or even score one himself. So Charlie Staines, for now, for mine, is a hold. But uh, if you want to sell and you want to upgrade to uh, Brian To'o or Lomax or Morris, one of these guys, if you can afford them, um, definitely wouldn't stop you or, or say you shouldn't be doing that. Tommy, let's move into round five, though. We've spoken enough of the week just gone. Already mentioned uh, gets underway on Thursday night. Souths and and Brisbane at Stadium Australia will kick us off. I guess the key one, which is already touched on a little bit, was Cody Walker. He's suspended, so Benji Marshall, he will wear that number six. Yeah, um, very interesting to see how this goes. I probably won't be too much of a – oh, it's a loss, obviously, but against Brisbane, Benji's still an accomplished player. They shouldn't struggle too much to uh, fit in with this South. Luttrell, 
Damien and Adam Reynolds still in the spine, so they should account for Brisbane pretty easily, you'd think. Yeah, it's quite a big line, and uh, I think the the start on the betting is around 21 and a half points, so already you'd think that you know they've got four tries to make up the Broncos or thereabouts. Uh, any hesitations... You know, are you thinking of selling Cody Walker? I know you had him since round one. I've since brought him in. Um, disappointing for mine that he misses this fixture, which looks an easy one on paper for the Rabbitohs. Did you think about selling Cody this week? No, I just thought, I just think I'll save myself the drama of selling him. I probably want to get him back at some stage if I did sell him. So I've just kept him. But you are right. This would have been an absolute fill-up, you'd think, against the Brisbane defence, having Cody on that left edge, chiming in with Luttrell yet again. But, um, yeah, what could have been? Yeah, let's move on to Friday night where it's the Warriors hosting uh, the Sea Eagles in Gosford. So, um, again, Warriors will start favourites here. Some team news around Adam Fanua Blake, an obvious out. Tommy Travojevic still isn't named for the Sea Eagles with Jack Jozewski. Um, back into that starting second row role. I've had him for a couple of weeks now, Jajewski, and I just thought he'd be more involved and off the thinking that Kieran Foran would link with him on that left side like he did with Faitala Mariner at the Bulldogs last year, but it just hasn't happened for Manly this year, has it, Tommy? No, it definitely hasn't. I, I just can't believe that there's his name the same team yet again with Lachlan Coker, Lachlan Coker at nine and Dylan Walker at one. I don't think anyone has seen anything positive from these two in these positions in the first four weeks. Um, Kate Cust on the bench yet again and he he looks so much better when he comes on than uh, Croker does I don't know why he doesn't get the start at 9 and why not try someone else at fullback Kinda, I don't even go for Manly but it just frustrates me I do give him a little bit of a chance here I don't think the Warriors were that crash hot the other day at all against the Roosters and they lose Adam Fennell Blake as well who's a big loss yeah and on the back of that loss uh, Tohu Harris moves into the front row with Jez Tavanga to start at number 13. So uh, one to keep an eye on there. Arguably the game of the round, if not for certain. Uh, the game to follow that is the Panthers and the Raiders from Bluebet Stadium at Penrith. And again, we've kind of already touched on this with Stephen Crichton named at fullback for the Panthers. Uh, Matt Burton again in the centres. I thought he was really good uh, last week against Manly. Moses Leota. Tommy, how do we not touch on this at the top? Moses Leota. The one week we get rid of Moses, he f- scores a try. Yeah. Just burns me. Yeah, no. Uh, you messaged me or our group chat as soon as he went over. <laughs> I had to laugh. But, uh, yeah, you're not to know, are you? You're really not to know. Props only score once every, in a blue moon. So it was just really unlucky. Uh, yeah. Anyway, though, great game here. As a camera fan, I'm a little bit nervous. This is the hardest opposition we've had to face this season. And I'm worried Penrith might... Uh, might uh, give us a bit of a flogging here, but I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Mate, have a little bit more faith. Uh, good to see uh, Joey Tarpanay back in that 13 role. Um, I think, uh, obviously, Ryan James has done a job there and done a very good job for super coaches in weeks gone by, but um, Raiders pack obviously strengthened by the return of Tarpanay. Yeah, we're looking really strong up front for sure. Ryan James has been excellent since coming to the club, and even from the bench, he's still he's still a good chance of turn, churning out about 50 points. So, yeah, full credit to him so far. Interesting to see Corey Harawira and Naira named in Jersey 21. I just don't know. I mean, at the start of the year, there was so much hope for CHN, but does he even find his way back into this 17? I think they've shown that they 
can compete and do a very good job at it without him. I think you'll find his way onto the bench pretty soon. I, like well, that wouldn't surprise me. Havili, especially, is probably on borrowed time a little bit when you've got CHN banging the door down. But I think Hudson Young, the way he's performed in the first four weeks, he'll be hard to uh, remove from that number eleven jersey. Yep, he's done a sensational job. Uh, Saturday afternoon, we move on to the Gold Coast, where it's the Titans hosting the Newcastle Knights and arguably the biggest inclusion of the round. And there's been a couple to come back, but in that number one jersey for the Newcastle Knights, it's Kalen Ponga. Uh, It's a very injury-decimated side, which the Knights have named here, of course, on the back of that loss to the Dragons last weekend. But they can take some confidence and some hope uh, out of the fact that Pong has been named to return uh, for this one. Yep, huge in, and they need it too. Their attack has been a little bit uh, pedestrian in the past couple of weeks, so massive in for them. Obviously injuries, like you said, but they still named a pretty decent team, I think. Uh, Ponga, Watson, Green, Braley as a spine, and then a strong forward pack. So, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom for Newcastle. Uh, opposite of Blake Green, though, Jamal Fogarty's been named despite uh, that injury which he picked up last weekend against the Raiders. And good to see Brian Kelly's back in the outside backs as well. Yeah, poor old uh, Jamal Fogarty. I think he ended with a score of zero despite playing 51 minutes last week. So he'd be looking to improve on that this week against Newcastle. I'm not sure what happened there, but um, tough game this one. I really don't know who to tip. Yeah, I mean, the, the uh, Titans just looking here at the... Uh, the betting odds again, they start a heavy favourite, but I don't know if it's as clear cut as what uh, that market suggests, particularly around if Fogarty's out. And I know there's talk of uh, Toby Sexton coming in. He's not named here. Ash Taylor in jersey 21. So maybe some late changes uh, coming the Titans' way. Uh, Saturday afternoon, 5.30 p.m. again out at Homebush. The Doggies, they host the Melbourne Storm. And again, we probably won't have to speak about this too much. It's probably a case of how much uh, Melbourne win by. But in terms of team news, you look at uh, that Melbourne lineup and Harry Grant named in Jersey 21. Is this, uh, I don't know, is this a case of, you know, Bellamy just wants to ease him back in? Do we expect to see him line up against the Bulldogs? Oh, it's not a bad time to uh, put him back in against the Dogs. Um, I think he'll end up on the bench this week. I hope I'm right because I'd love to see him play, but... Brandon Smith's done a decent job uh, in his absence, but I expect uh, you'd expect Harry Grant to be in the nine next week, if not the week after. Obviously, we're going to be tipping Storm here, but I, I will say the Dogs pack here is probably the strongest it's looked all year with the return of Luke Thompson and uh, Josh Jackson's also back after missing last week. Yep, Jackson's back. Thompson's there as well. Um, I thought uh, Jackson to Pine off the bench last week was um, decent enough for the Bulldogs. And uh, if you are making trades this week and trying to free up some um, space in, in the two RFs, particularly in your reserve spots, to Pine probably not a bad shout there, given that I think he's um, obviously a protege of this club and has a very bright future at the Bulldogs. DWZ's back from suspension uh, and he will line up at fullback. So. Yeah, probably not too much to talk about there. Avarello's back as well for the Dogs, so interesting to see how he goes if the Bulldogs can finally score a point. What's it, what's it been now? It's been three games and, and a big chance to be four without scoring a point, which is... Yeah, it's a bit know. sad, is isn't it? Is it sad? Is it funny? I don't know. What it's it beyond funny now, I think. Like, uh, I don't know. It was funny, but now it's just sad. Um, I think they'll score this week, though. That's my bold prediction. They'll score a point. Well... <laughs> Okay, yeah, I mean, jeez, uh, 
I don't know if I can agree with that one, but anyway. Um, the Doggies scoring a point against the Storm. I mean, if Broncos can score six, maybe the Bulldogs can as well. Uh, let's move on. Saturday night at the Cricket Ground, the Roosters and the Sharks, they'll go at it again. And uh, that combination in the halves um, will get its second chance here. Hutchison and Walker. Freddie Lussick again at nine. Um, not too much to speak of from the Roosters end, but Jesse Ramian is back for the Sharks. And Connor Tracy, probably the unlucky man here, he's back to the bench. I thought he's been in uh, in good nick for the Sharks of late. Yeah, two tries the other night. It was pretty good on that left edge against the Cowboys, but uh, obviously uh, I think me and you would have been good on the left edge against the Cowboys the other night. They were pretty ordinary <laughs> North Queensland. Uh, good game this one actually Sharks going pretty well Roosters looked decent against the Warriors despite all the injuries so yeah actually looking forward to this one look I brought in Teague Wilton last week and it was probably a little bit short sighted but uh, he scored well he scored a try and he gets his chance to make a little bit of coin this week I think he has the lowest break even of any player in Supercoach this week at minus 31 so a little bit of cash coming Teague's way and uh, I guess it's just a wait and see whether or not he can hold out Britain to Cora. I'm hoping he does. Just on the Roosters quickly uh, how long do you think it is before we see Joseph Suwali? We saw Hutchison the other night in the sixth jersey not go too badly but there's been lots of talks that Joey Manu would move there possibly eventually and then that would see uh, Suwali into the centres. Yeah I don't I don't hate the idea I just think Hutchison's kicking game is probably better than what Manu's is and take nothing away I think Manu's obviously a, a better player all round but I think they need Hutchison there at least for a month um, give Sam Walker a time to settle into first grade because you know unlike um, you know Ryan Pappenhausen at the Storm or even Gutherson at the Eels I don't think Teddy's got the kicking game either to back up Walker so uh, a lot of this will come around um, what's around Walker and when that lets uh, Suwali come in if that is to see Manu move but Again, I don't, I don't even think Sawali's next in line, to be honest. I still think Ikevalu, if it's a big game, I think Ikevalu still gets the jump on Sawali, purely on age and experience. And Ikevalu, whenever he's come in, I don't think he's ever let anyone down. No, absolutely. He feels in feels in very uh, adequately and uh, probably better than adequate. But uh, yeah, just from a, I suppose, neutral point of view, I'd like to see Sawali get a run, but we'll wait on that. Yeah, I mean, plenty would. I think he's... Um, up there with Sam Walker in terms of some of the most or one of the most owned players 30% of teams uh, Suwali is in still so yeah I think there'd be a lot of people hoping that uh, he can get a run sometime soon uh, sooner rather than later anyway uh, Sunday 4pm at Leichhardt Oval um, Steve Blocker-Roach he'll be having uh, wet dreams about this one West Tigers taking on the Cowboys and it is um, the Tigers who start here $1.30 favourites it's something I didn't think I'd see this season, the Tigers starting so short favourites. But the Cowboys, they've shown um, absolutely nothing uh, so far. Yeah, I echo everything you just said. Um, it's hard to really back the Tigers at $1.30, but after I went to the, the Cowboys game live last week and it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen live. That they, they just had no defence at all. So, look, if Tigers can play as well as they did yesterday against Para on our Easter Monday... They probably should beat the Cowboys, but Jason Tamolo is the big in for the Cows. Yeah, I mean, it's you know we sit back and wait to see how many minutes Tamalolo is going to play, and you just think that when well, I mean, we said it a couple of weeks ago that he has to just play at least an hour, if not more than that, because they have nothing else, <laughs> and I don't know how they can afford to have you know a one million dollar plus player on the bench and. 
um, you know, just not playing time. We see it at Manly, the fact that Tommy Turbo is just, you know, tying up so many dollars in their salary cap and they just can't field a competitive team. I don't know why the Cowboys wouldn't play Tamalolo the minutes he probably needs to play and deserves to play uh, if they want to get themselves out of this rut. No, it makes no sense to me either. I'm thinking maybe the terrible performances that they've put in, maybe it has changed Peyton's mind and he will just play him uh, more more minutes than he was planning to because, like you said, who else really do they have to spear that, spearhead uh, their attack and their front row? They need him to play as much as possible. Before we move on to the final game of the round, what about Stefano Utokamano? I mean, he's a try-scoring machine. Two in two weeks. Uh, like Sam Walker last week, there would have been plenty kicking themselves that they had Stefano as a non-playing reserve. And just looking at the cash he's made already, $111,000 inside four rounds. So uh, Stefano's propping up our reserve front row stocks here and uh, doing the job that we wanted him to do in that position. Yeah, absolutely. I, I honestly must admit I hadn't even heard of him in the preseason. I just put him in because I read a few previews that he might get a run on the Tigers bench. And yeah, he's, he's um, exceeded expectations. Absolutely. Two tries in two weeks. So good on him. I think I heard last year that um, Freddie Fittler said on the Sunday footy show that he was actually, he rated Stefano better than Payne Haas when they were both coming through the New South Wales pathway system. So that tells you a lot about the future of Stefano Yutukamano at the West Tigers or elsewhere. Uh, let's move on. Final game of the round is the Parramatta Eels on Sunday night. They host the Dragons at Bank West. And something, again, like the Tigers' um, starting favourites in that one, something I didn't think I'd say just a month ago, I think this will be a really close game, the Eels and the Dragons going at it. Um, the Dragons have impressed, albeit against weakened opposition in the, you know, the past couple of weeks. Again, they'll be without Ben Hunt. But the Eels, just they just can't put teams away. You know, They're obviously better than the Tigers last week, but they should have gone on with that game by much more than what they did. Yeah, absolutely. They could have won by 30, really. They just couldn't hold the ball in the second half. If they do hold the ball though here, I think they should uh, should account for the Dragons. I think they were they were pretty uh, pretty disappointing the Dragons on Sunday. I know they got the win, but anyone would have beaten Newcastle given their predicament. So uh, Dragons will have to find a fair bit here. They are going well compared to what we expected of them, but I still think they have to go up another gear to beat Para. Someone who has gone up another gear this year is Reid Marnie. Um, some of the touches he has, and you know, we likened it watching that 40-20 kick he, he booted against uh, the Tigers. Um, I mean, this might be a stretch too far, but it was a Cameron Smith sort of play where he just jumped out and summed up the situation perfectly. Um, he's just been a real shining light for this Eels team inside the first month. Yeah, he's absolutely standout player. Uh, his kicking game has been immense and just his, his decisions on when to run and he's always been a good defender as well. So, yeah, he's absolutely flying. Uh, their whole pack is really flying. RCG, uh, Regan Kibler-Gillard and Paulo up front are just uh, laying a great platform for Marnie to uh, capitalise on. What about these hookers to start the year, whether it's Marnie or um, Braley or uh, Connor Watson if you played him at hooker? They've just all made so much money. And it just shows you that the impact that these new rules are having. Jacob Little, another one there that I forgot to mention. But, I mean, I dare say without knowing for certain, uh, they all would have made at least $100,000 off their starting price to start the year. Um, I mean, just looking here, Marnie's gone up $104,000. Um, Braley, 146000 Little, he scores a try every week. I mean, at the start of the year, again, I was critical of Little. But he just seems to pop up in the right places at all the right times. So um, these number nines, they're really doing a job. And I guess it you know, paves the way 
to upsell or you know to make a decision, a difficult decision? Do you bring in Harry Green after a couple of weeks? Uh, I guess it's a little bit of a wait and see. Well, his style, he's quite a quick sort of dummy half. I think the rules will really suit him, given how well other nines are going. You'd have to think that Harry Grant is in for a big year, but you'll probably give him a week or two to get settled in and see how he goes. But yeah, you'd, you'd have to have your sights set on him, I think. Tommy, before we move on to what we want to see in round five, tell us, uh, are you making any trades this week on the back of those uh, changes uh, coming through to the NRL team list? Yeah, I am. I've got a bit of uh, spare cash to play with at the moment. So I've with Tex Hoy's injury, I think it was probably time to move him on anyway. I've got enough, amazingly, to go to Latrell Mitchell. So it's a good uh, good advance there to go to Latrell I've got a bit of still got a bit of money uh, spare after that, and I haven't done this yet, but I'm tempted to possibly go from a Tyson Frizzell to Ryan Madison. Obviously, we don't know if he's gonna play. He keeps being a late withdrawal, but on the premise that he does play, I would uh, probably do that. Yeah, no, two good moves there in the trail. He has a good run coming up, as you say there. So um, maybe a little bit, you know, more hands on the ball this week as well with Cody Walker set to miss this one. Um, looking at my team here, I'm, I, you know what, I tried to sneak in a Brian To'o or um, even, you know, looked at Blake Ferguson as well, but Again, as I said uh, before, I don't want to chase points. I don't want to chase last week's tries. So uh, as it is at the time of recording, I'm actually not going to make any trades this week. I think I'm probably another week off. Um, you know, these players going up another cash rise before it's worth making these trades because, uh, as I said, I might have missed the boat on To'o and going through Capewell or via Capewell last week. Maybe not the best option in hindsight, but again, he's got a fairly achievable break even this week, so should make a little bit of money. Tessie knew another one who, if he can do anything in attack against the outs, should be making a bit of money. Dane Laurie should be going big. Uh, again this week. Uh, Connor Watson again, one of these players that should go up so with Cody Walker sitting out this week I think I'll sit out in terms of making trades as well, uh, sitting back and just hoping that the boys that I've had with uh, in round 4 can go on and do a job again in round 5. Tommy, what do you want to see from your team or across the NRL this week? Uh, for mine, I'll just kick us off here. I want to see Isaiah Papali'i uh, continue to play biggish minutes with Ryan Madison back. And I want to see Capewell and, and Charlie Staines given a little bit of a license to roam. I think they're too good to be parked on one side of the field for the Panthers. Yeah, well, uh, I'll echo your first one there. I do want to see Papali'i uh, continue his good runner form. I have him in my team at the moment as well. And he has shown, even when he started on the bench, that he can still produce pretty decent numbers. I'd also just like to see the big guns go big again. Damien Cook, Cleary, Pappenhausen, all great vice captain and captain options there. So that'll set you up for a big week yet again if they can go big. Yeah, we said we'd come back to our vice captain and captaincy options there. You've mentioned a couple. I think I just have to leave it on Ryan Pappenhausen this weekend. I think he's got a dream matchup against the Bulldogs. There's no reason why he can't why he can't score another two or three tries. He should be kicking plenty of goals. So uh, my vice captain this week, I think, will be Nathan Cleary against the Raiders, purely on the fact that. Everything in their attack seems to come off Cleary and he kicks goals as well. But then again, as I say, I'm probably not going to vice loop uh, Cleary this week. I'm just going to stick with Pappenhausen as an almost straight captain. Yeah, I'll probably just do the same. I will vice Damian Cook on Thursday against the Broncos, but he would have to go absolutely massive for me not to uh, leave it on Paps. 
Our bold predictions, you've already given us one, Tommy. So you think the Bulldogs will get a try against the Storm this week? You've got any more up your sleeve for well, us? Well, it shouldn't be bold for a team to score a point. But uh, unfortunately, the way <laughs> the game is at the moment, it kind of is. My other bold prediction, though, is uh, a bit of a surprising one, maybe. Jason Tamlolo returning this week. Obviously, Peyton came out and said he won't play big minutes. But given how badly they've gone... I think he might change his tune. He might leave him on for a bit longer. I'm going to back him in for at least 85 points this week against West Tigers. Yeah, geez. Um, I know we the last time you backed him in to, to score big, he broke his hand. So let's hope he uh, avoids that curse this weekend. I'm just going to go here. The fullbacks to continue on in fine style. Uh, a hat-trick of centuries for mine. Ryan Pappenhausen to do it again. James Tedesco to turn up against the Sharks. And Dane Laurie to score a couple of tries or at least find his way to 100 supercoach points anyway. So, yeah, three fullbacks, three electric fullbacks to score a century of points this weekend for mine in Pappenhausen, Tedesco, and Dane Laurie. Jeez, how good has Dane Laurie been? Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the finds of the season, really. A late signing for the Tigers, and he's probably their best attacking player. Uh, looks great every time he gets the ball, so... Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy watching him. One of those players who started uh, the year off as a, a cheapie in our teams. He's really turning himself into a real keeper. Tommy, that's all we have time for. Uh, we'll pick it up again next week ahead of round six, but plenty to look forward to here in round five. Uh, it all gets underway on Thursday night, as we say. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of the returning talent this week. Tao Malolo, Ponga, Harry Grant potentially, so looking forward to it. Stay tuned uh, between now and then. Follow us on our socials at Supercoach365. Uh, good luck with your teams this weekend. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.